On this Last King episode, we're going to talk about BlizzCon and Terminator Dark Fate. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Last King Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Toffee, and joining me are... Eccentric Tom. And T. Juan Thousand. That is... kind of funny, I guess. Okay, let me try again. Yeah. Okay, right, right. LGBT 1000. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, John, you're back. Yes, yes, awesome, awesome. So, we're going to be talking a little bit about Dark uh, Terminator Dark Fate, the uh-huh. latest. You're about to say Dark Phoenix, weren't you? <laughs> I was about to say Dark Phoenix, yes, I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so directed by Tim Miller, all that, sci fi film. But in the, before we get on that, um, have you guys seen all the BlizzCon 2000 news that literally popped up 24 hours ago? As of this recording? you know, everyone tells me that Diablo 2 is a lot better, so I'd like to see what Diablo 4 is. Miles better. <laughs> so, it'd be good to see what Diablo 4 does, because apparently it's more like Diablo 2 with a fish litter paints and slightly more modern design sensibilities. And hopefully less Auction House? Yeah. Thankfully, I never played Diablo 3 while there was Auction House. I got oh, in after that. That so. was a really tumultuous time when they announced that, like a year before Diablo 3 launched, around 2012. I wouldn't say tumultuous, I would say more like it was an interesting experiment that went bad very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Once you release it in Asia and we, uh, you do remember that there are people who like for money will farm gold in WoW in China. This is not any really different know, actually. Because like they should have experienced it firsthand. I can imagine the meeting like, oh shit, we forgot China exists again. <laughs> Not just that, but I mean, you do realize what the purpose of the auction house was, right? To make money. Not just that. What was it? So, uh, since you don't remember, Diablo 2, uh, there was a very strong eBay scene where people would be selling characters and specific items. Oh, so rather than trying to ban it, they want to do it. Yeah, and the thing is, um, in a way, they looked at it and thought, there's gold in them dar hills and we need some of that action. So the auction house was born. Uh, it was designed to be a way for the community to stay on platform and trade and uh, profit from all their endeavors. But then they mixed it in with like having almost nothing dropping in your actual. Game. Not they true. They decided to inflate the price of gold for some strange reason uh, right off the bat, mm-hmm. and they kind of underestimated the willpower of gamers in Asia. So, yeah, lesson learned, I guess. But I think they were making some good scratch from it because if you were to use real money, a certain percentage would go straight into their uh, coffers, right? And, yeah, um, I mean, it's for any item sold. So, I would say, like, first day auction house, I do remember paying five bucks for a rather uh, exquisite-looking socketed sword that uh, was kind of useful until the next day when, oh... 20 better versions popped up for <laughs> like a dollar like okay wow. I see why this is a problem now this yeah, is not yeah. gonna work out and well, also thankfully they asked that like uh, I think about a few I think about a year after Diablo 3 came out and then the expansion basically fixed everything about what was wrong with Diablo 3 by removing the auction house yeah, yeah not just that I mean add in random dungeons the people that have been clamoring for that and 
not just that. I think the, the best thing they did uh, towards the, the end of the lifespan of Diablo 3 was definitely including Torment mode, which was the oh, closest yes. thing we had to ladder mode from Diablo 2. And it provided that kind of longevity. But yeah, I mean, I think the damage was done because a lot of the hardcore like Diablo 3 players, like even like notable people like uh, Athene or Kriparian, right? They had already migrated towards other games like Hearthstone, kind of abandoning like, you know, yeah, once they got their world records, uh, they had nothing left to prove because literally there was no end game in Diablo 3, which is what everybody was complaining about. Yeah, yeah, yeah because it kept going on and on. Those paragons the same shit over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then at the same time, you know, Diablo was like the only way to get fixed anymore because Path of Exile was out, Torchlight mm. was releasing really strong contenders. The superior game, I would say, yes. Yeah, it, like, is much better. Way better, and we should definitely do an episode about Torchlight 1 and 2. Eventually, and the yes. sad fact that, you know, I don't think they'll ever be able to pull resources enough to get a Torchlight 3 anytime soon. I thought they're actually releasing another Torchlight. I think it's Torchlight Worlds or something. It's supposed to be Part Three. I saw some trailer for a Torchlight property not that long ago, so there's hope yet. But no news as of now, right? Yeah, not as we know of. No, no. But you know, it wouldn't be the first time a promising game just like never sees the light of day. Yeah, but you know what? Can I admit something right here on the on the podcast? Sure, this is what? a safe space. Uh, day one, I am definitely going to get Diablo Four because I am that much of a fanboy, <laughs> and yeah. I am willing to hate straight away. Well, hey, I'll probably get it close to day one as well because you know I, I enjoy Diablo 3 enough and if people are telling me that it's better or will be better then yeah sure I'll give it a I try. would recommend maybe you start with Diablo 2 and see what the the vast difference those two games are I think they've released an update on that for which one Diablo 2? Diablo 2 I think they are releasing like a remastered version uh, um, that that's still a rumor, but we've got like one more day of BlizzCon. Like, I mean, it's, as the it's probably is gonna happen just to like yeah. you know slake the thirst of like you know the veterans. Who Do you know what would really uh bring like people back to Diablo two? Personal servers, please. Oh. Can we just host games like we did in Diablo 1? Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen as far as I know. Because right Battle.net is subscriptions and data. Yeah. Not just that. Um, Diablo 4, I believe it's gonna be kind of an... When you get to the world map, it's gonna be like an open shared space like uh, a la Destiny 2 and Destiny. Oh yeah, so people talking like, oh it's so exciting, you have like a shared world where you can see you like, you know, random people walking around. Like, oh, so you mean like a hub world and a... Yeah, uh, pretty much a hub world. Yes, yes. Which nobody cares about because it's usually... I mean, Diablo is basically you and three of your best friends going down, finding loot, killing things. And um, a hub world, why? We, we don't really need to interact with anybody else. They might retain that when you're tackling the dungeons, the random dungeons, but for the hub world, not so much. I think it's because it's a it's way to like, you know, save space. Like me who don't have any friends to play with. You've got you two know. other losers right here who play with you. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, don't have an excuse I do understand that maybe they want to like uh, expand on the matchmaking elements or... I would say there is definitely a mechanic they have not released yet or informed us of which would require us to uh, party with other people. I'm thinking maybe they're going to try and break the mold and like do WoW style like 8 to 20 party raids on like really extreme bosses. I think there is a mention Technically that, there are, that like... is possible in the current build of Diablo 4 because there's like world bosses. You activate something, the mm. boss will appear for 5 and minutes, kill the guy. I think there's like an guy. announcement that a boss is arriving soon and tells you where it is so you can like get ready and you can all gank in for like the epic loot. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that yeah, would that be... That kind of fun. I yeah. mean, that is a step in the re- direction for the Diablo series because... I mean, what other gimmick can you come up with with a click and loot anyway? Other than like, okay, uh, different variations of characters. I mean, it's the same Classes, recurring archetypes, trees. right? Yep, yep. Um, I believe mm. that's the Barbarian, you know, can carry four weapons, 
switch them around and stuff for skills. If you want to confirm sorceress. sales and pre-orders, right? Yes, we want Whirlwind Barbarian back, please. And it might, it might. Um, yeah. And yeah, I said the Sorceress, you know, long range, magic caster, all that. Is and the Druid, Druid makes a comeback. The uh, invite for Diablo 1? No, from Diablo 3. No, Wizard's not that broken. Uh, once you get Astral, uh, the Astral uh, thing, it's like game over for everyone else. Uh, not true. Uh, Berserkers, I mean, Barbarian still Barbarian is, is still the best. It's still the best Druid. class in Diablo three. Mm. Uh, side, yeah, and then the Druid. It's actually nice to see that guy making a comeback from part two. Um, now the his transformations stuff. are a bit more. His transformations are more uh, seamless. So instead of like transforming and doing the attack, transforming back, just press a hotkey. You end up doing the bear attack or the werewolf attack. So though I do prefer cool. like you know. Um, the ability to see him transform because it did add a little bit of uh, I would say strategy because that becomes your cooldown mm-hmm. you know but so, at the same time I think they want to make it a bit more action based with this character I think that's I one guess. thing they take from part 3 like make everything just feel more action-y but at the same time keep the complexity of part 2 hopefully you know with the skill trees I really hope so too and all that yeah. I mean like the thing is right Path of Exile showed us right like a ridiculous skill tree is in itself longevity because it's like have you seen the skill trees in Path of Exile? There's like hundreds of skills with several branches and it's like, what build do you use? Uh, yes. <laughs> so it's like... Uh, it's a skill garden, basically. It's quite, it's quite fun to explore. I mean, and I think even up to this day, there is not one true overpowered uh, like build that I know of. Because the thing is, uh, I kind of fell off the, the whole path of exile thing because yeah, I got bored of that whole thing very quickly. <laughs> The problem with Path of Exile is it's got all this complexity and all this customization, but nothing to do. Um, actually, they did add a bunch of other things like a raid mode and like special mission. But I think this was more like for fans who are willing to stick around la, for the I past know. I mean, like four years, which is like kind of strange because it's like what they were trying to do is right. They were kind of uh, positioning themselves up against the likes of Diablo three. Mm-hmm. Like where Diablo three, like, okay, this is obviously a cash grab. It's all about just gear and loot. And selling it on the auction house, you every left a bad taste in everybody's mouths. And then you had Torchlight Two, which didn't quite have like that lovely Blizzard budget, but it had great storytelling, great characters, great set pieces. So Pathlight had to kind of find their middle ground. And I have no idea, but whoever it is within the team who says, you know, we need all the skills, like yeah, that's what players want. Yeah, like, yeah, that guy probably got a raise or promoted. So no, I literally spent like two hours respecking, like, okay, what does this do, <laughs> and how is this useful? Okay. Not that useful. Respect. You know, like, sure. Uh, but yeah, um, I think this should be enough to talk about Diablo for now, I guess. Uh, it's yeah, all speculation to what, 2000 win? They have not they announced a release date at all. They just said it's coming soon, TM. Yeah, because uh, we need to make sure we get our ROI on Immortals first, huh? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Sure. We want to call it which phone is going to have Diablo Immortals packaged in. A Huawei? Because yeah. what else? Uh, China, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Huawei, Honor. <laughs> Wait, does Tencent Xiaomi? make phone? Xiaomi, maybe. Uh, maybe Xiaomi. Tencent makes everything. Right. Yeah. They should. They'll definitely come up with like the Diablo phone. <laughs> it's just. Well, it's a, it's the telco. Diablo console yeah. that also takes calls. Because <laughs> like, Tencent has a telco, which means they probably have a Diablo package with you know your premium data, your mobile data. Or some I'm stuff. really expecting that because it's like how like they they tie in stuff like Netflix or Spotify to like current telcos, right? Yep. Yep. Like yep. imagine that. Uh, that would be actually okay. You know what? That's pretty clever marketing. Well done, Blizzard. You tried something different. Anybody else want to mention uh, the big shooter in the corner, Overwatch 2? Kind of looking forward to that, um, but 
they have not even. I mean, Overwatch Two is going to be a P. It's a basically looks like new DLC. Basically, it's going to come out as a PVE package with some multiplayer modes inside here and there. They're just focusing more because the multiplayer of the game is already like been uh, basically refined and perfected since it's 2016. Really yeah, yep. it's solid. Yeah, I mean, they didn't announce any new mechanic or any new game mode, right? They said that uh, you can like cross-play, so like people with Overwatch 2 can play with Overwatch 1 players, so long as it's on the same map. Okay. So, yeah, but I mean, the main thing is that there's like some kind of story mode, which is cool, I guess, for the people who wanted to know what the fuck load is actually about. Yeah, so basically it's going to be a, like a PvE format, like Left 4 Dead. Um, four players team up to fight against the AI in different sets of missions. Either to defend something or shoot the core or whatnot, and you can actually level up your characters. So basically, um, like for example, May, I believe she has like cryostasis uh, move, right, where she heals and be stationary. Mm. So in uh, this mode, she can actually upgrade that ability so that she becomes a snowball rolling around and trampling. Enemies oh bless! And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about her final final form where she turns into Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, are we gonna get to go there? And we have she, to. And then yeah. she says, I'm done, Blitzchung. Like, just directly at the screen. Mm-hmm. You this know? is a yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. does it all feel like an apology for probably one of the biggest PR disasters in a while? Well, I think that they actually literally apologized. Kind of. It's a lot of saying a lot without actually saying yeah, they anything. Said, they said, we're very sorry, but then nothing about how they're going to fix the ship that they No, they said they could do better. Yeah, we can do better. How are you going to do better? Here's the upload. Oh, wait, 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 no, we haven't finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't forget about what you did, though. Yeah. Hey, you, long hair, go and appease the masses. <laughs> it's like, uh, sure. Okay, and it's also available on phones. Ah. <laughs> Everything will be available on phones. Ish. I don't know. I mean, um, the only thing left in their IP like bucket would be like what Starcraft and Starcraft hasn't seen anything interesting in oh, long time I don't think time. they're going to be doing anything with Starcraft anytime soon because of Diablo 4 it, it is what it is right is oh there's a new uh, World of Warcraft expansion oh you mean World of Warcraft classic no there's <laughs> actual a little expansion um, I think it's called Shadowlands yeah you yeah. now go to the Deadlands of Azeroth or some stuff I don't know I mean speaking of lore that kept going right oh yeah. <laughs> this is it still kept thing. on. Yeah. Yes. I don't know I mean is it do they still have numbers? Because uh, I mean, they do still. I mean, uh, classic I mean, not, is doing all right. It's not the stupid numbers that you saw back in uh, Lich King days, days, right? It's not Lich King days, but it'd still be like even three or four million people. That's a good amount of money because it's still what fifteen dollars a month. And yeah, it's subscriptions. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so people are still willing to pay for subscriptions. People so are still trying something. to clear their achievements list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, since the uh, Warhammer uh, MMO uh, crash and burn, I guess it's the next closest thing. I don't know. I mean, there is the MMO scene, and there is no true contender. I mean, Final Fantasy was the closest one. Um, actually, 14. Final Fantasy fourteen would be the one that's kind of on par with. But World it's Warcraft. too niche, you know what very I mean? Niche. Because it's very Asia centric, and unless you're very much aware of the lore or you are a fan from the beginning, there is no real uh, entry point for say a Western player, unless of course fanboy or slash you know curious. Yeah, oh that, yeah, yeah, true that. I true think that. that like Black Desert Online has a huge player base. Mm. And I have no fucking idea how, because I guess it's like folks in Italian and Korea. Mm. And that's all you need, I guess. Not necessarily. I mean, it, Korea... It came out in Southeast Asia, actually. If yeah, I yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess it adds to the numbers. I think that 
I think there's going to be a Rest of the World release sometime soon because I saw someone talk about it. I don't it know. I mean, out, I think it was out in America and Europe last year, but it only yeah. made its way to Asia like either this year or the beginning. Very early this year. year. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was at the launch. I mean, I want to say this: uh, like the MMORPG scene in itself, I wouldn't say it's fading away. I would say whoever is the consistent core fan base are just still around, and they're still just you know grinding it. It's, it's their second jobs, their it's second just, lives I guess now. Because it's not like the hot shit anymore. It's like it's yeah. not like it's dead. It's just that it's. It's now like there's only two camps left: either Final Fantasy. 14 or mm. World of Warcraft. That's it. Yeah, because like you know, every genre has its day in the sun. Like last year it was uh, the Battle Royale types. Actually, Battle Royale is still the, the thing to it's do now. It's still the hot shit, but it's like yeah, definitely yeah, it down to people who play Fortnite or PUBG. Yeah, I agree. Well, and then like, this yeah. year, there's an auto chess uh, thing going on. Yeah, basically. I think auto chess it's coming out. Yeah, yeah, I see it coming because like auto chess was definitely the logical next step uh, compared to the the MOBA game, mm. and the MOBA scene. Um, look. Uh, if you're gonna win, if you're gonna aim to win like a couple of million dollars just playing this game for the rest of your life, good on you. But hey, I would say, yeah, yeah. You know what the, the strange thing is? Most of these kids don't know what, how to work out their taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so would you or read the contracts and stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, Especially from the UK, half right. <laughs> it's not yeah. half. It's like forty-seven percent. Yeah. Well. Kinda half. Really? Yeah. And what do you need to be worried about at 13? Well, it's more like, you know, when you eventually... Like, the cooties. Ah, they'll grow out of it. <laughs> they'll get their jobs uh, working as uh, hedge fund managers or whatever. <laughs> sure. That'd be terrifying. Like, four the two people now. What else can they do? What is that skill set transferable to? You know what I mean? Actually, You're very good at min-maxing. Have you thought about being a project manager? <laughs> yeah, project management. That's yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, where else do you need to, like, have, uh, like, uh, CPM being a big thing? You know, yes, clicks per minute. Like, I, uh, I mean, he's a little bit rough when it comes to the social stuff, but he's amazing at Excel. Yeah, so he fills in data like nothing fucking else, but yeah, he keeps on screaming at people. Like, I just started. Like, the Indians are terrified of him. Like, yeah. what bash I know? He's like, Jesus. Uh, you know, I mean, Deborah from marketing has filed a few complaints already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the stench alone is a war crime. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Blizzard, I mean, do we want to tackle the elephant in the room, which is Blitzchung? Because the thing is, right, we are kind of still maybe a video games podcast, and we do need to talk about things in the popular culture. Uh, this is a thing. And well, I mean, look, uh, you know, um, at the end of the day, uh, First Fly, Dogs Bark, uh, China is an aggressive state, which is definitely committing to the side against readers, and if you can, it'd be good to not support them. But hey, they did take money, so I understand why they did it, but it's still kind of. You know, not cool. I know, but the thing is, it's in support of the Hong Kong protests. I mean, like, um, yeah. I hate to say this, but genocide aside, genocide aside. <laughs> let's think about, like, okay, basically, the people of Hong Kong are now going through, uh, speaking of tumultuous, right? Yes. Uh, yes, they are definitely on their last legs trying to uh, stand free as a free nation. I mean, it's especially sad for me because Hong Kong was at one point, especially in the 80s and 90s, the mecca for films and a lot of culture. I yeah. mean, they gave us Bruce Lee, they gave us Stephen Chow, Chow Yun-Fat. And, like, you know, to see that slowly kind of fade away during the handover. Thank you, England. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we were technically, like, following the rules. The lease ran out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, you know, uh, like, I'm not going to sit here and defend uh, colonialism or the British Empire. But, mm. 
at the very least, you know, they didn't like very much enough on unlike China, who are reneging on it. Yeah. And basically saying, oh, you know that uh, 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 one nation, two state thing, or whatever the fuck it's called? Yeah, fuck that. No, you are going to like uh, submit to the great uh, Wing the Pooh. Yeah. I mean, again, genocide aside. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I also want to kind of explore more along the lines of like, are companies still responsible for the uh, actions of uh, certain uh, Hearthstone players? And like, I mean, I really want to kind of discuss, especially because like the the news is not really that new. It's been a good two, three weeks. About two, three weeks or so. Yeah, Yeah. and in essence, uh, what happens for all of you who are not in the know? So uh, there's a Hearthstone player named Bliss Chung who during uh, competing and taking grand prize at a uh, Hearthstone tournament during his uh, so-called uh, victory speech decided to just uh, rally uh, to the world his support for the people of Hong Kong yeah, he showed wearing a gas mask and goggles and then he, yeah. showed, he said I mean I can't remember exactly it's a bit like you know I stand with Hong Kong uh, liberate Hong Kong yeah, along Hong those Kong. lines, right? Yeah, and the thing is, like, for us here in Asia, especially here in Singapore, right, news of the, the Hong Kong protests are just currently being, like, is that's what we're being bombarded with every day yeah. on, like, Channel News Asia and stuff. And I do kind of, um, I mean, there is sympathy for all those involved in the shitstorm, okay? Mm-hmm. And it also has come to a point where, I don't know, I mean, for me, I'm a little bit incensed because I'm kind of annoyed by uh, SJWs using this as an opportunity to platform because they have no idea what's really going on here in the region. But also at the same time, for somebody like Bliss Chung to be penalized in such a way so blatantly also yeah. kind of feels to me like, okay, um, like, you know, it's, it's definitely state, state of the gamer union right now for me. It's because uh, how this... Uh, justified the actions was by saying that they used a rule about um, offensive language and indecency to the public. Just like, okay, so you're saying that it just offended someone who's paying you a lot of money. It's not because he, yep. it's not like, you know, he flashed or said something that was racially sensitive. He stood for, you know, something he, you know, yeah, personal beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah personal beliefs. And it's like, yes. you know, it's arguably a a good thing to stand for for people who want to live free life and not want to be extradited to the mainland yeah. for any what reason without um, you know and the probable uh, cause and I also want to kind of add to the fact that like Blizzard has been getting quite a lot of hate and I would yeah. say it's a little bit unnecessary because you do realize it's like yeah we can't piss off our bosses and the people who pay our salaries but also at the same time we also can't piss off our fan base so like a lot of people are kind of put into this weird middle ground where we need to shake hands on both sides but at the same time it's like it's, uh, there's a lot of reports where basically you know uh, Blizzard's social media in China is more like oh we, we were very offended by this yeah. whereas you can see like on the st- in the state side you know like even like uh, among western audiences like oh we don't really have a comment as of now but we think mm-hmm. uh, you know we just want this to be kind of safe for everybody yeah. so backlash 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 and then things like to me on all sides is an overreaction and at the same time, it's like something I think we should address in sense of like, you know, we do understand that, you know, when it comes to the politics of certain things and when it comes to certain per- people's personal beliefs, it's like, it's fair for you to express it. I mean, for me, I'm an advocate of freedom of speech. Sure. Okay. And like for Blizz Chung to do it at that particular time, 
I felt like I don't know if it was uh, sincere or it was just a calculated uh, something he wanted to do to get attention because I can't really tell his ambition or his intention. Well, I think it's pretty clear that this is something where he feels strongly about. It. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was a publicity stunt. I don't think it was like a publicity because mm. I'm pretty sure he was aware that he was going to do something which was going to get him in trouble because. Beforehand, I think he had warned the shark bosses because they hid under the table. So they oh yeah, they were hiding under the table. Yeah, yeah. they were kind of tipped off because, like, yeah. when I saw that, I thought to myself, okay, this either was staged or is this is very awkward for him. Yeah, and also because like he's not, he's not stood down at all. He's not. I think like the most he gave was like a half apology for saying sorry if anyone was offended, but he still like even in his apology said I stand with people on top. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that his intentions were pure and he was using. His position of privilege, which is like winning a major tournament, to talk about something which he does for me about, which is mm. no different from, say, the Caprio uh, going on stage and talking about. I would say the the best example would be uh, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Yeah, I would say it's equivalent mm-hmm. uh, in that. Regard. I mean, it's an opportunity for somebody who was definitely involved with a bigger company. Like, you know, like I'm not comparing NFL to Blizzard. But then again, we don't know what the real metrics is when it comes to the numbers and it comes to like, you know, China dollars or whatsoever. But at the same time, it's like, uh, especially for people like us, uh, I mean, like Toffee, for you, I mean, when you see something like that, I mean, what is your knee-jerk reaction or what it is that goes through your mind when you see this kind of behavior? Well, it is actually kind of, I mean, if, you had, if there's no other, other better stage to do to actually express your freedom of speech or whatnot, then I don't know what else he get, how else he, this guy can actually do it. I mm. mean, apart from winning a major Hearthstone tournament. I mean, sure, maybe he could have. I mean, he did cut it really short, which is fine. He didn't. He didn't go like on the, a phrase, yeah. So yeah, well yeah a phrase, yeah. That's about it. But at the same time, I kind of wish Blizzard actually thought through before making the decision they did in like basically taking off his winnings and banning him for the tournament. You know, that's a bit too much. Maybe a slap on the wrist or something. You know, because if it like feels a like fine or something. Not a fine lap, more like hey, uh, first warning or some shit lap, yeah, basically, I mean, like, you know. Basically, uh, I, I am definitely more on uh, Rich Chung's side. Yeah, me too. My own personal belief, but at the same time, I do understand that with a company like Blizzard, you, you have to put a fine line when there's a lot of money involved. Yep. I, yes. That's a whole separate conversation, which is not what we're going into. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of salaries. Yeah, state. what they could have done is like just do enough to appease Tencent, whoever the fuck has a stake in um, Activision Blizzard, and said like, oh, uh, like we wish people wouldn't like make these kind of comments, and like, like do some some kind of enough to say like, oh, you naughty naughty boy, you, but mm. like enough to appease like the China overlords. But enough to make sure that the Western is like, ah, they're just like doing on the box. So, I mean, like, because but of what happened. It was a definite overreaction. And it was. Yeah, like, overreaction. So yes. immediate, and it was just like extremely harsh. Like, all his winnings gone and banned for a year. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's a professional yeah. halftime player, that is literally. Your livelihood. Yeah. Like, that is like blackballing um, actors in the 50s for having communist ties. You know what I'm thinking of right now? Yeah. What deck does he use? Because <laughs> <laughs> the meta changes so fast. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, he would be utterly lost. Like, he would never be able to get back again. You know what I mean? So like, if he was to come back after a year, it's like, Oh, by the way, uh, all these cards, yeah, they're banned. Yeah. <laughs> they're not in this, uh, yeah, they're not in this format right now. Often was already not keeping the numbers it used to. Yeah, people are bored of it. I mean, yeah. as a hard- hardcore Hearthstone guy from, like, beta days, right, I have stopped playing, not in protest, mind you, 
but because like the meta keeps changing and the fact that it's like monthly season updates and the expiring uh, decks will actually have to buy to keep up yeah them. and I do understand that like you know the conversation we can definitely lean towards like oh this is all cash grab this is all money and then also I mean what made me more aware of things was when like during the Blitzchung uh, fiasco I was like there is a lot of money a lot of salaries and a lot of employment at stake at some place like, yeah. Blizz- like Blizzard and it's like I am trying my best to understand what is truly going on behind closed doors because I was kind of I wouldn't say uh, disappointed with the statement that was given about the scenario at BlizzCon but also at the same time like there's also a sense of like total like yeah I get what you need to do and address it okay fine let's move on right and I don't know I mean I was also kind of like curious to see I mean, people were rallying on Reddit, like, you know, we're going to protest BlizzCon, we're all going to come. It wasn't like, you know, thousands and thousands of people. It was, I think, a good few hundred people were sitting outside, mm-hmm. giving out free Hong Kong flags to get away from other conventions. And t-shirts as well in front of BlizzCon 2019, yeah, so the gateways. I get the feeling that they had to cut down on the uh, Q&As and all the, um, like, uh, crowd shots because, you know... Damage control. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, like... As much as you can feel for a massive corporation which makes a shit ton of money, I do kind of feel for like the community managers of Blizzard because yeah, they are, those guys are going through like, a hell of a. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're going through overtime right now, like, just taking the forums and I everything. I have no problem with like seeing some mud at Blizzard itself because it's a it's a corporation. Eh? It doesn't have feelings, whatever. But it's like. The poor people in like you know the subreddits and like the everything in like ma- like middle management below, right? Yeah, it's just like you know they just want to like they are just people trying to make ends meet, like you know just live life like you. And like if they are feeling the squeeze and they are going to because just have a person walk, well, it's never the executives who get hurt. It's always like you know the people at the bottom are just having to So mm-hmm. and I think like tactics need to change if you want to like hold. Population speed to the fire. I have true that, but I mean, also at the same time, um, I mean, it, besides Blizzard, is there any other game company out there which has ties to China money? Everyone, like, even Paradox, like 10% is under 10%. Yeah, and then, And there was uh, some controversy uh, there where they're releasing a mobile version of Stellaris. Why? Okay. Because that game is near perfect. Why would you want to really wait with phone controls? Because China. And it is a ripped off piece of shit, and they stole assets. What do you mean? They stole oh, right. From uh, Halo Four. That's the thing. Yes. When did this happen? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Fascinating. And the thing is, like, the company that are making the mobile port were the people who made a rip off of Solaris Four. <laughs> oh man! So the snake and, eats itself, huh? Yeah, but the thing is that it's it like was, an Ouroboros of sorts. Like, it was a controversy within like the Paradox community, uh, like, which I am kind of like part of. But it was not kind of like, oh, where's incest? It was just kind of like, for fuck's sake, Paradox. Like, we know you got China money, but come the fuck on. Try yeah. harder. <laughs> no, they uh, can do better. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shall be the also, episode title. Do better. Yeah. I don't know. Can I also... Riot maybe... Games as well. Sorry? I believe they're also under China money. Riot well. Games? Riot Games is yeah. nothing but China oh, money. Yeah, no, Riot <laughs> is, That's China they money. Sold themselves a long time. The R in Riot starts for ring me B, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Okay, but... Okay, here's one more thing I want to kind of bring up. And then, like, I did mention, like, uh, there is some accus- accusations of grandstanding uh, laid on towards Blitzchong, right? But when I hear some actual grandstanding... Yeah. Uh, remember when Epic Games says, like, Oh, we support free speech... Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Please use our platform. <laughs> you can say anything you want. Just use our platform. <laughs> We're not spying on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely another way of 
Hey guys, Borderlands 3 and Free China. <laughs> oh wait, I mean Free Hong Kong. <laughs> free Blitz Chung. That's Blitz Can't Chung. Can't tell play. the difference, Hong Kong and China. Yeah. We're gonna. <laughs> if you're Lady of the Ball, probably like <laughs> the best um, communism series. Uh, now available on the <laughs> Epic Games Store. <laughs> On the Epic Games Store, yeah. Full review coming soon, Last King fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's not mention any more of this because our China overlords are gonna start suing us soon. <laughs> uh, no, no, hang on. Uh, China Square 1989. Okay, now, that was it. They'll never hear us again. Yeah, <laughs> and they'll never hear from us again either. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was the last time we heard his I centric song. I just wanted to message my wife, like, oh, by the way, I'm never coming home again. <laughs> I know who shot JFK. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Oh god, so there you go. In general, our thoughts on uh, BlizzCon. Games look interesting, to say the least. We are uh, mildly to slightly intrigued, I wouldn't say. Yeah, kind of hopeful been, in a sense, you know, I've but you know, been, you gotta... Yeah, I'm sorry, I've never been a major Blizzard fanboy. Because like, I played World of Warcraft for like 4 months, realized I wasn't eating dinner anymore, so... <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Yeah. Dinner? Uh, Bruh. <clears throat> Hardcore guys skip breakfast, bro. <laughs> Do you have a shit bucket, bro? I played in school. There was a Piss bucket, one. shit bucket, yeah. <laughs> you shit in your boarding school hat, maybe. You kept oh on my side, god. Next to the wank rag, sir. Uh. <laughs> you mean my roommate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name, Jason Wankrag. Hello, Tom. Oh. It's Hugo Wankrag. Hugo Rank. <laughs> Which part of London is he from? <laughs> the North, sir. Where else? <laughs> 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 but, no, I had oh, really? Shout out to Hugo. Hey, yeah, <laughs> you Wankrag. <laughs> is he listening? Probably. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of losing listeners. <laughs> yes. Uh, then I need to play, I guess. Okay, so I guess we're gonna have to target that. Yes. Yep. Uh, nothing to do with SEO, but yes, the seventh Terminator. Movie? I'm not sure. I lost count. Wait, uh, hang on, one, two, three. Uh, it's a six, I thought. No, the sixth one. No, because there was that weird. There was Salvation with Michael. Uh, uh, uh Christian Bale. Uh, sorry. Part three, yeah. Salvation. And then Genesis. Genesis. Yeah, this is number. This is six. And uh, yeah, speaking of uh, retconning. Yeah, this is basically them saying, oh, you know... Anything after three... Th- yeah. That, that Remember happened. that Halloween that came out last year that people kind of enjoyed? We're going to try that. We're going to take yeah. the, the, the shit that they stole from us and we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Also funded by Tencent. We <laughs> <laughs> came oh, yeah. back to what that, we talked about. Kind of Just in case, right. Last King fans, I'm going to give this a 10 upon 10 right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, ten cent upon ten cent right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> yeah. well, like nothing feels like regret more than seeing like a little ten cent picture thing pop up on the movie now. And then you see young Linda Hamilton in all her glory, and I was thinking, this is promising. Okay, yeah. this is probably the, one of the best uh, bits of acting from Terminator Two. And then we see her de-aged, and I was like. This is next level deep fakes going on right here. That is very accurate. Even Edward Furlong looked quite legit. (laughs) And strangely enough, I was actually slightly convinced. Like, wait, from what stock footage or what scene from what movie did they get all of this? Yes, like does do the Hamilton thing or the sister we don't know about, like the Orsons? Maybe, like Brie. Oh, 
I don't know, I lost count. Yeah. So, I mean, um, then we see de-aged Arnie and like, oh yeah, he doesn't look so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, to be fair, they put the glasses on, so like, at least you couldn't see like the worst. But they kind of nailed it in Genesis. Yeah. I mean, well, so... I, mean, I didn't watch Genesis because, you know, I don't think myself <laughs> what? But the Mother of Dragons is the new Sarah Connor. No. Uh, Not anymore. <laughs> we got Never happened. We got the old Never Sarah happened. Connor back. And yeah. no, and yes, when she said she'll be back, uh, she came back. Yeah. And uh for what it's worth, regardless of the rest of the movie, I think this was a very strong way to open them saying, This is a terminator story, but we're very much saying this is cut off point. And I thought we What do you mean by that cut off point? Well it's basically like they killed yeah, okay. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoilers in the first five minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, spoilers for, for the movie. Um, but, you know, I think because it has stuff. been explained uh, the purpose of Danny. So, like, yeah. I think even by now, uh, Last King fans, if you're listening to this and you've been avoiding all the, the social medias. Yeah, w- watch it now before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we're gonna just spoil the fuck out of it because uh, Terminator Dark Fate uh, plays a lot with the canon. Yeah. And it plays a lot with cannons. <laughs> yes. And cannons. Uh, unfortunately, um, it's very hard to discuss this movie without mentioning uh, key moments from Terminator 2. So yeah. it's nothing but spoilers from now on. So go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, they fucking killed John Connor in the first five minutes. And I was like, alright. Okay. Something new. That's a setup. Okay. Are, and where do you go with this? You're making a statement here. Okay. Very strong so statement. Very strong statement indeed. Uh, I mean, guys, initial reactions. I mean, who's hardcore Terminator fan here? I'm one. I think that's pretty much you, because I've only seen part one, part two. I'm that's it. Do that's all you about? need. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but you know, like sometimes you kind of want to like the others for the effort, oh, but I really cannot like at all. Rise of the Machines had its place, and I'm not apologizing for it. I would say, you know what? We had one more for a while. It kind of, uh, you know. Slated and our thirst for more. Logan was kind of nice looking. It I was alright. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2005? 2004? It wasn't good. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people kind of blame it for false advertising. But story wise, it kind of did a great job, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't get Edward Furlong to reprise the role because he got fat. But they got a nice replacement in Nick Stahl and a uh, Nick Stahl, and yes. Claire Danes was uh, like the the girl of the show, I guess. So then um, it was a hot five years, and then Christian Bale got hot with Queen Batman, salvation. and then he came to do Salvation and his take on like John Connor. It's good visually, but as a Terminator story that is only set in the future, it doesn't really add to anything. Yeah, because. Like what makes Terminator interesting is not really the stuff that happens in the future. Mm, like right, that's a right. good premise, and it's like what explores in the present day. Because there's actually a very clever discussion about predetermination versus um, yeah, definitely um, freedom of choice, which uh, was addressed near perfectly in Terminator Two. And I yeah. would also say uh, when it comes to like Terminator Law. Definitely the comic books expanded on it and we need to give shout outs to uh, that amazing TV show starring our favourite Lannister, Cersei. Oh, Lena Headey as fucking in the Sarah Con- the Sarah Connor Chronicles, yeah. It's very hard to say very quickly. The Sarah, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Connor Chronicles. Yeah. That show. The yeah. Connor Chronicles. She was Oh yeah, the last few seasons of Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of worked as a joke, I, I guess. Mean, it was it was a 
like, like a nice Easter egg, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, how about this? Uh, so, Terminator Dark Fate, okay, right off the bat, its ambition is to kind of uh, do what Star Wars did and uh, like kill the past and start fresh with new characters and new ideas. Although, it seems to say like, you can't, you can't, like that's the movie is that no matter what you do, something is still gonna go wrong. And unfortunately, with such brief ambition, I mean, I was following this uh, as the hype train was rolling along. Yeah. Yep. And I was kind of interested in uh, Tim Miller. He did mention in a few interviews that when I asked him, like, oh, so what are you going to do with Terminator? I heard you were handed Terminator. And he was like, basically, I want to try to do something new. I want to I want to give the fans an expansion on the world, which they have been kind of denied. Uh, then I saw the executive meddling. Yeah, yeah you could definitely you see, see it. Some studio it's, uh I would even say that not only was there studio inserts that was uh, at some point probably destined to surprise the audience, but they decided to put it in the trailer because they were afraid this shit wouldn't sell. It was yeah. very clear that Arnold Schwarzenegger's cameo was meant to be a surprise, especially the way they lit and shot him. Yeah, you know he had a whole big reveal, but like, what's the point of this? We know he's in the movie, you know. And then also at the same time, they brought back Linda Hamilton, who I would say is. Yeah, she's not. She doesn't. She, she, she to me is the biggest problem. But also at the same time, I would say nice to have her around. But you know, I mean, if they decide to like uh, bring back like Sigourney Weaver to do another Alien, I'm pretty sure Sigourney Weaver has done enough work throughout her career past Alien to kind of still be able to like kind of go back into that to role. To pull off the same moves and everything. I mean, okay. I mean, right manners. off the bat, my biggest criticism is that Linda Hamilton has no idea how to play Sarah Connor anymore and I found that very heartbreaking. I think I, the, the choices she made playing Sarah Connor, I mean it's her character so I'm sure that she's probably the best place to make her decision, it's just that mm. the, the Sarah Connor that we saw after Terminator 2 in this one, I could see the thread, they were still kind of like... This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean it's like... Yeah. Um, this can make sense, but you're missing some core elements. I would not say even that. Like, I would say it's um, okay. Let's just call a spade a spade. She is the silver hair shoehorn. She was yeah. definitely probably a last minute decision to kind of uh, add more interest into the film because I was it, the movie felt kind of like it was going a certain direction, mm. and then they needed to explain her and Arnold. Yeah. Because, okay, like, my summarization of this, fil- uh, this film, this movie, I'm not going to call it a film, sorry. Um, I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. But it it was, like, some of the best, f- the first 20 minutes was, like, some great action. Oh, oh yes. And, and then action. it just started to kind of uh, steer down towards oh, mediocrity. Yeah. And then when you insert the other Silverhead shoehorn, it just ended up being probably one of the best comedies I've seen in a while. Because I was giggling my ass off for the entire third act and I was thinking to myself, this is some of the dumbest, dumbest I've ever seen in a long time. None of this makes sense. None of these character motivations make sense. It's like, it had kind of some logic problems. I mean, the the moment uh, Sarah Connor comes screeching into the screen and then you're, like, you're thinking to yourself, so how did she, how why? How did she know all this stuff? And then, yeah, yes, they do explain go. it. Yeah. They do. But unfortunately... Then they do it again with Arnie. So wait, how, why? And the the problem with this Terminator movie is in an attempt to do something new, it was probably either being too brave or maybe it was exploring territories that maybe fans would not be that interested in. 
So we do the nostalgia bit, which I, I totally understand. I mean, I, I, the thing is that it's always a pleasure to see uh, Aunt A when he's genuinely, genuinely I thought he was bored out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> he looked so like he was not into it. Well, I mean, he's playing a little machine. <laughs> but here's the problem. You watch him in Terminator and you see him try. You see him yeah. Terminator 2. Then you see him really try. I mean, like, yeah, really he try. was playing a robot that was learning to emote. And then you see him here and you're like, I crack jokes now, har. And it's like, huh? And, like, and then, like, it had probably one of the dumbest lines of all time is when, uh, what's the name of the new uh, protector lady? Uh, Grace, if I recall. Grace, from, yeah. played yeah. by Mackenzie Davis. God damn it. She okay. was Yorkie from Black Mirror. Yes, Black yes. Mirror. Okay, yeah, so I want to say this about uh, Miss Mackenzie, or Mrs., I'm not too sure. Miss? She's married. Damn it. God damn, she's sexy. Oh, yeah. I, w- oh, yeah. I was like oh, yeah. looking at her and I was thinking, oh my god, you deserve to be in an action movie all by yourself. You are really above all that, of this right now. opening moment was just like, okay, yeah, this and this. Is that really your ass? Because I'm very impressed. <laughs> That's all I want to say. Okay, uh, you know, but I would say like her presence, her performance, and just her having to work with such dumb material is. I would say this right. I want to see her in like a Red Sonia spin-off because it's like I want to see her and she's built for it actually. Not only is she built for it, I want to see her as like Barbarian Queen versus uh, who's the big bitch again from Game of Thrones again? Gwendolyn uh, Lannister. I want to see the two of them in a movie and they they hate each other. That would be one hell of a fight. You know, covered in furs and swords and magic. That would be like, holy shit. These two no. tall, teutonic bitches so just smashing each other. Fighting each other. A version of Conan I want Red Sonia, which is yeah. literally girl Conan, with these yeah. girls. It's like, that, her, 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 her action, her, her fight scenes are pretty convincing when they don't do the fucked up slow-mo ballet shit. Watching her punch is fucking legit, and I want to yeah. see her as a superhero. You know, like so. Major props to her, but unfortunately, the lines they wrote for her. So as I was uh, here, I am going back to that other point. Yeah. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. You grew a conscience, and I laugh so hard. It's like, <laughs> wait, stop the movie. I need <laughs> wow. an explanation now. Yeah. <laughs> how does this work? Uh, how did that happen? See, was there anything in the if Terminator lore? Think of it this way, that? right? That movie came out in 1980. What fuck, right? And then maybe uh late 90s for Terminator 2. 1990. Okay, and maybe we age it up a few years because they're chilling over in the Bahamas when yeah. this new Arnie comes and shoots uh, John Connor dead. Yeah. And it's the same Terminator who ages up, not explained properly at all. Explain his age. That's like the one thing I yeah. was hoping I could say. Please explain how did he get gray hair? How does he wait? How do you spawn a kid? He yeah. didn't spawn a kid. It's a. It's basically a very platonic adoption. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> Have you told her? <laughs> All right. Because like if you go by the re- like the uh, Blu-ray um, redo of Terminator uh, Two, he's packing. He's packing. Yeah, because like the black slate there, so you can see that Arnie was full on naked. Oh shot. yeah, Mister mm. Olympia and Little Olympia. So. He's a tripod, sir. Oh, yeah. Are we doing that? It's a tripod, yes. Oh god! Oh, hammer of the gods, right there, sirs. <laughs> and then he went direct. But they didn't really explain much about why he didn't break the news to his wife until no, the last wait. moment, right? Why does he have a wife? <laughs> why does he that, seek that? So wife. here's the thing. Like as I was mentioning, this is technology from probably you know from the future, true. Yeah. 
But for uh, late 90s, mid 90s uh, technology, it's like, okay, I can see, okay, it, it kind of ages up. How does basically uh, a Macintosh computer grow fluid? How? How? What? See, the thing is, right, even something as, uh, like, you know, anal as, like, Star Trek would say, like, oh, we had to install an emotion chip with an emotion engine. Oh, he, this AI, okay, we've seen how it, we've seen the inner workings of a Terminator. Not yeah. much of a motherboard. Not much of a CPU. In fact, everything seems to be pretty much pistons and gears and murder. Yeah. yeah. So how do we develop weight? No, so, so here's the thing. Terminator Dark Fate is more like Terminator Dark Fate question mark for me. It's like Terminator Dark Fate? I don't know. It's like, okay. Because the thing is, having Linda Hamilton reprise the role, I was all for it. Like, okay, alright. Okay, it's the original Sarah Connor. She's got a kick ass. She's going to show all these other Sarah Connors how it's done. Oh, fuck. No. And then all of a sudden she starts spouting lines. Dumbest moment is when she sees Terminator again. I'm gonna kill him. Stop fighting. Okay. What? That's the that's the emotion and rage of a mother who had her child murdered by the machine she's looking at. And like, okay, I'll work with you for now, but I'm gonna kill you later. And it's like, I'm not gonna call you Chad. I'm not gonna call you Carl. And I was like, Carl, Carl, yeah, Carl. And, and it, I mean, Chad would work just. Yes, Chad. That, no, that's his uh, serial number, CHAD. No, CH40, okay? CH4. I'm sorry. No, he's, he's model number four. D for Dirk. Anyway, so... Here's the thing with Dark Fate. It's like, I was like, kind of very... Okay, you know me. I'm, I'm going to enter as a fanboy. Arms crossed, ready to hate. The premise, I mean, the setup was like, okay, we kill John Connor... The future doesn't change, blah, blah, blah. Skynet's still a thing. And it's like, oh my god, what are they going to do? And then it's like, oh, I've never heard of Skynet. What? Who sent that Terminator back? Uh, Legion, okay. yes. But Legion also has their version of T-1000 slash R9, which I call the T-1000. There you go, if you're all wondering what that reference was to. Okay. <laughs> T-1000? <laughs> T for tequila. Anyway, guys, I'm going to stop. Yep. Okay, so it's like, uh, you have this, and the only upgrade. So this is version R nine or something, right? Beta yeah. release. Or, what does this one do? It splits in two. So you have the OG Terminator and the T two Terminator as one. Two for the first yeah. one. So again, like okay, you've established this. Why not explain two again? I guess because there's a limit to how many... So it's a dual-core CPU? Is that the joke you're trying to make? A dual-core, yes. <laughs> it's not a quad-core or a hex-core, which exists in my PC we're recording on right now? Yeah, maybe. maybe like, you know what? I would have loved. Yeah. If it, like, you just kept multiplying and they kept getting smaller, <laughs> then you get these little, <laughs> these little Terminators, man. They're, they're gonna this keep... This tiny <laughs> Mexican Terminator. I'm gonna fuck kidding. you up, man. I was like... <laughs> Oh god. I'm sorry. Okay, but like, uh. Or just like really thin ones. <laughs> <laughs> you can't spot them, but then when you're sideways, yes, they're flat. They're here. What? I can't see anyone. They just turn around. Yeah, yeah. You know, be more ridiculous the more they multiply, then they all come with little defects. This one has got like one arm shorter than the other. One has a mustache for some reason. <laughs> the other one is kind of like, oh hey, this one's Chinese now. <laughs> also, logic problems. We have established very early in the 80s, late 90s, yeah. that the T-1000 merely needs to look at you. Oh yeah, this one, it needs people To touch contact. you. So like kills you and touch you, right? If I recall. So, I mean, we did make the joke in the previous episode. It was like, okay, this seems like one of those Terminator movies where we need to defeat the super powerful Terminator by sending an earlier model. 
But they, no, we did not send an earlier model. We sent a person with adamantium human. skeleton. It's like, okay, sh basically Wolverine. Augmented human, yeah. Wait, I think... One of the weirdest weaknesses I've heard in a while. Although, I like how they were consistent about it. I mean, the thing is, it's like, okay, I see you explaining it, but it doesn't quite work still, sirs. I mean, like, I love the fact where it's like, oh, I'm designed for only short bursts. You're kind of useless then, huh? When it, when you need In to the long-term fight, yes. <laughs> you know, the age-old military adage, every plan survives until contact with the enemy. Bingo. So I was thinking the exact same thing. It's like, so wait, so what? We have <laughs> 20-minute long encounters. Like, I mean, I don't know how long uh, your fights are, but like 20 minutes is still not a long time. This is what I'm thinking, right? Like, like modern standards. 20 minutes is the walk towards the battle, sirs. I yeah. mean, here's the thing. Did we really need to see a Kyle Reese slash protector who gets hypoglycemic? I mean... We need... I mean, I get that for the sake of drama and conflict, we need to give her some weakness. We couldn't make her too badass. We can't make it too perfect. Yeah, yeah we can't make it too perfect. There has to be some kind of weakness. And I think that it definitely like ratcheted up the tension in some big yards. It's kind of like when you're trying to finish a turn paper on an age old PC. True that. And like every 20 minutes or so, it... So you hope that you save You gotta tap as fast as you can. But then here's the here's the thing I wanna ask you like so it doesn't get like all this like uh weakness as long as you're just driving in a car and expositioning, well, expositioning, I expositioning. Guess I guess it's like uh, you know like the more you do the more power you take. I mean this <laughs> the more ass you kick, the weaker the you more get. ass kick, the more you yeah, you gas out, right? I mean <laughs> not another problem is like <sighs> okay, and this is what, what's the actress name again? Mackenzie, uh, Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie yeah. Davis, you deserve better because the lines they give her. I mean, there's literally a moment. There's this one moment where they were like saying, like, oh, the only way we can stop it is with uh, EMP. What's that? And she has to explain, oh, electromagnetic pulse. It's like, oh, you're the exposition girl. Why? Yeah. You're the hero. Huh. And, it's like, and it's. The thing is that I was being a bit more forgiving of the dialogue because, like, eh, whatever. Fun popcorn movie? It's possible. But then. They have to do that checkbook with like generic when like the league is all emotional. Like, oh, <laughs> oh god, I laugh so hard because it's like, didn't your brother and father kind of die like half? A and you know what? Here's the, the one thing that I find kind of offensive. Apparently, whoever did the art direction of the costume design, yeah. apparently, you know how to make Danny badass? Yeah. Cornrows. Oh, oh right. Like, oh yeah, that makes her like tough. Why do you need that? She is literally a Latina. Like you don't need to do anything to make her badass. She's fine. She's, yeah. she seems she's fine, fine the way she is. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, she had her like she's done nothing but like action movies in South America. Before. I don't know. I mean, like she did try, but she also kind of fell under bad writing because it's yeah. like I mean, it's, it's a shame because I think she was a very promising. Um, I mean, she can pull off the emotion, but the thing is, because the writing is so bad, it felt so out of place, especially yeah. that final scene. Where she's crying over like uh, the LGBT 1000 and it is like basically she was going like no don't die no, no, no. and I'm like you just met her <laughs> what what kind of relationship is this I mean, like, you cried more for this than your father and brother yeah I wish we had a little bit more time so I got a little bit establish that relationship because, right because like I thought, yeah, okay yeah. this is kind of sweet I like this adorable so, like, I, have a I have a theory to that yeah we needed to shoe on in fucking Linda Hamilton. There was probably all this amazing yeah. like lead up and backstory, which is like they probably shot that like emotional scene because usually you have to shoot the emotional scenes first. Mm. Yeah. And then you basically build your premise around that moment. 
And then someone up in the studio fuck says like, like Oh, how are we gonna market this without like, you know, people from I mean, it's basically like, oh, we're gonna do an all-female Terminator movie. People complain. We're gonna bring back the female you like. Alright, we'll give it a chance. We're gonna bring back Arnold. Why? And James Cameron has signed on to have his name he appear in this. He gave his blessing or some yeah. shit. Yeah, pr- production. I mean, he does that for every Terminator movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did. Oh, he did. He did. Ooh, he yeah. sat down across from uh, Miss, uh, what's her name, Mother of Dragons. Yeah. And then they had this kind of variety, like, I'm James Cameron. And I'm Amelia Clark. And she was way too enthusiastic. <laughs> well, I mean, she's only like two years older than me, so... I think, like, when you see this person like James Cameron, I would be fucking giddy as well. No, no, no. The thing is, is like, they were both promoting the same thing. Yeah, well, like, James Cameron is tired. Like, he doesn't need to be... I'm too people. busy trying to, like, convince, like... like... Can you please let me go back into my tub of the ocean? Yeah, let me let me let me do my Avatar movies, Can please. I please. Come on. Not buy Avatar now. Oh man, that poor man. He signed up for how many Avatar movies? What do you poor man? It's five. five. <laughs> I no, want to no, say no, five. No, but he, there was a studio obligation where it's like, okay, we will give you all this power and all this resource to create this 3D camera technology you think is gonna change the world, which kind of did for a hot second. Yeah, you have to admit. Okay, because remember 3D monitors that came out and everybody, we need to play Call of Duty in 3D now. Sure. And yes. that died very quickly. I need to see the press F right on my nose. Yeah. And then like I'm it's it's definitely a case of like okay, I mean and I'm just speculating, but it does seem like you know Cameron definitely wanted to do Alita Battle Angel a whole lot earlier. Yeah. He needed to just create the technology to fulfill the world he wanted to build. He did. Unfortunately, he to me, I feel is like sold his soul to the devil because some studio exec has definitely dangling this contract over his head. No, you gotta promote this fucking movie or else your artistic vision ends with you. So like, that's the vibe I'm getting because then again, I don't think like how much money would it take for a guy like him to come out of his shit and say like, fine, watch this movie. Now leave me alone. You know what I mean? I thought that the yeah, yeah. I think because Titanic money, sir. Yeah. He doesn't get to keep all of it. If you think about it's it, only... he gets the director fee. Yeah, which is still not terrible. It's substantial. He right? probably got the bonus and whatever, yeah, yeah, some yeah. royalties, but mostly the studio holds on to that. And that movie was the first to hit the billion dollar mark before anything else. And you have to understand, back in that 1996-1997 period, director salaries, yeah, I mean, nothing to sneeze at. But definitely not. As compared to actor salaries in Marvel yeah. movies now. So it's like, I'm saying like, James Cameron, like, I mean, I did mention on a previous episode, it's like, whenever you see the name attached, like, oh, from producer, from legendary producer yeah. James Cameron, it's like, this is going to be a shit show. <laughs> you can call it. We need to pull out all the marketing stops here. Yeah. So Although, I get the, I get the feeling that maybe he's a little bit more in this one because... I think it was more than just like name attached. You think there's probably some genuine love from Tim Miller to direct because, like, this movie? Miller, I think it was, but it's... Because Linda Hamilton refused to come back until this moment, so Cameron does have said something that Probably paid the other one? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James Cameron. Out of the wives you divorced, she is the lesser one. How <laughs> divorced? So there's Catherine Bigelow, then there's one more I can't remember right now. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he gave her a career. And uh, probably one of the greatest action leading ladies roles of all time. And she decided to come back. So I don't know. Like, there's a sense of bitterness to it too. Because when I see her act and I see her deliver her lines. That's definitely... She sells the simmering resentment very, very well. But unfortunately, she does the same like 
tone for everything, even during the heartfelt moments when she and Danny are sitting in that tree in the woods and they're like, she's like expressing like, oh, I lost my son, I'm really kind of sad too. Uh, alright. And then there's a moment where like, ah, you know how to hide from the government? Put your phone in a bag of potato chips. And I was like, huh? Yeah. Wait, wait, badass Sarah Connor, who, remember Terminator 2 when she was doing one-arm pull-ups in like the prison cell? Okay, yeah, the way yeah. she locked and loaded, just how amazing she looked in tactical black with grenades strapped to her. And it's like, I look at her now, it's like, oh my god, you're a parody of the former self. Don't. Why? And it's like, then in my head, it's like, so how much money did she get? And I think, not as much as James, let's be no, honest. Definitely not. You know? Definitely not as much as Wahan. I don't know, probably got the big cut, maybe. And he's still there for like, what, the second half of the film? Yeah, I mean, he slept through that role pretty easily. I mean, especially in moments where you can obviously see, yeah, he's an older man, huh? He's not quite the machine he used to be. No, although like, he looks better now than he did uh, as a governor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I guess he's also paying out his Oh god! <laughs> I, I actually do wonder if this movie would work if you. I mean, let's just say studio execs did not meddle with it. They took away Linda and Arnold. I was th- it would work a lot better. I would say. I was I was hoping. Okay, you needed to establish a lot of things. True. And it felt like, okay, we need to shoehorn uh, like a nostalgia bit because fans or maybe uh, focus groups are not quite reacting the way we were hoping them to. Yeah, yeah. And especially during that final climactic scene where you did see that there was this touching moment between uh, uh, Danny and Grace. And I was like, yeah. oh, wait, this came from somewhere. This was nice and genuine, but then... Where did out. it come from, you know? Yeah, Something also, must have been cut out. But the thing is that it got worn out by the send-off that Ani did afterwards. God damn it, Arnold. You had the best send-off ready in Terminator 2. Yeah, like you cannot yeah. you cannot one up the thumb going down into the Yeah, st- stop hogging the limelight again. But then again it's probably contractual obligation. No, I need to die in a great way. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean uh, it's... I know, there are a couple of other like possible things I want to say. Mm-hmm. Especially since uh, shit like uh, Peppermint came out recently and uh, the Rambo bullshit we had to watch. Oh yeah, that bullshit. It was nice yes. to see a fairly, um, like, uh, a bit more pleasant portrayal of Mexico. Like, it felt like, oh, this is a place where people live. It's not like just a big den of um, inns and cartels. Well, it depends which part you shoot it. But, yeah, but it's just it's kind of like, okay, so this is like, the nice side. This is it's yeah, yeah. It's not a one-note well. version of Mexico, which is nice, you know. Yeah, yeah true. I mean, I, I did enjoy that, but I don't. It didn't really affect my enjoyment of the film as I much mean, as it, it should. Yeah, it didn't necessarily like make it really bad. I mean, to me, it this felt is a nice thing. It it's a nice that, touch. Yeah, they're not relying on like easy stereotypes. Again, and this is. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. They send Tijuan Thousand yeah. to Mexico, and this and his true form is that of a, a Latino man. Aren't you a shapeshifter? Why don't you just be wherever you want? Because then, uh, like, you can't sell, like, the villain on the poster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you see what I mean? Like, I mean, that, that's the inherent look, but it's the same with, um, I mean, the two shows in the like, Why is there always a cardinary couple? Because as a cop, he represents a symbol of security, power, and protection. That's the irony. And this one is just. It's just blending in with the Mexicans, basically. So, I mean, like, for me, like, if I want to really want to go hardcore fanboy, is like a lot of dramatic themes, metaphors, and symbology that is existent 
in Terminator 1 and 2, especially when it comes to uh, thoughts on uh, nuclear crisis, when it comes to automation, when it comes to uh, what happens if we do achieve the singularity. Something that has been discussed in Terminator movies that people are finally arguing about now. Yeah. And also like, okay. Definitely from part 2. Hey yeah. guys, you know irony? I'm going to hit you on the head with it. Hey, why did you fire my brother and replace him with a machine? Oh, a metaphor! Bam! Clever! Yeah. <laughs> seen that one coming. You're a writer, yeah. boy! <laughs> well done, sir! Hmm. And then, oh yeah, here, here comes a literal machine to kill all the workers. Hmm. Okay. Cool. I don't know. I mean, like, SSS, it's, it's great, um, great start. Great first action set piece. I was convinced, and then it's like, yeah. oh no, it's slowing down. Oh no, it's getting dumb. Okay, then Linda Hamilton. Okay, it's one thing not to explain how she arrived on the bridge. Yeah. But for her to arrive at the pharmacy later, ready to have the quips, it's like, there's one thing to steal my truck, you know? And it's like, wait, okay, you didn't explain, they kind of explained how she popped up the first time. Yeah. How did yeah, she yeah. pop up the second Yeah. Oh. Did she track the phone? Is there a scene missing I mean, or something? Like, I mean, it's yeah. not like... Oh, this is the only town for miles around. Like, no, Mexico's really fucking big. There's plenty of towns to go to. And how did she know it was that particular pharmacy in that town that would have that particular moment? Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, okay. Yes, I understand. You need to allow for some instances for movies to function, otherwise, that'd be fucking unwatchable. But, but still. Yeah, you still need to answer some like, holes okay, here and there. If you're gonna explain these parts, you also have to explain these parts. And you can't just, like, that's the thing I wanna kinda complain mostly about this movie is, like, You'll be sitting down there, kind of uh, waiting in confusion for a bit, and then they start to explain things slowly. And then another question that kind of overtakes that first question pops up, and then wait, wait, you haven't even explained this, like, now I need to focus on this. And then this happens, and then this happens, and it even leads to that final moment where, like, how do you kill it? Uh, EMP. We don't have an EMP. Oh, there's this thing that I've been carrying around with the entire movie that can kill it. Now I remember to well, tell in, you guys. In Venice, in Venice, you have to die. Yeah, you have to kill yourself basically to use that. As a soldier. Yeah, whatever. Okay. But I mean, like, so like, here's the thing. She has it on her. Yeah. She knows that it can kill that thing. Yeah. Why didn't she bring another one? Because you can only transport, um, like, oh yeah, you can bring like a body bag. Or you can just get like a puppy. Or just install it in you. You have two of them. Yeah. As because a backup plan. Backup moment, yeah. Because you know what? You're from the future. You could have predicted that, oh, that one time, I, well, yeah, I might have, I might need two. Yeah. And, like, this, a backup would be nice. Yeah, but this is <laughs> like, yeah. the wider issue with, I think, all of the terminology, like, the way they talk about future and pre-examination is kind of like, you are threading a weird line where mm -hmm. you need to, like, say, so you're saying that no matter what, you can't change the future, but you still are changing the future. Yep. So it's like, which is what the lesson movies like, fail at. What, what, what is your philosophy going forward with this? So, I mean, you have to understand also, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, there was a finality to it. Yeah. And the problem is, none of those movies were set up for sequels after Terminator 2. And even yeah. James Cameron himself is like, no, I kind of made it kind of clear that Skynet is going to happen no matter what. Yeah. That is the underlying message underneath, like, you cannot escape the future. But they didn't never understand like, how Skynet never happened. So, Terminator 3? Yeah. Kind of tried. Yeah. Failed miserably. So it's like, you know what, we can't do the time travel thing, let's just go to the future and see, like, you know what, HK's... What happens in the future? And it's like, yeah. okay, and, and Christian Bale was a hot, was kind of... He was a hot shit. He, yeah, hot, yeah, he yeah. did the Batmans, the oh, Prestigious, yeah. and he did well, other movies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, 
And it gave us one of the greatest behind-the-scenes sound clips of all time. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. Like yep. the best You'll never work in this town again! And it's like, oh, wow, so that's a Welsh accent. <laughs> It's a, it's a weird Welsh American accent. Because he was still in character, maybe. Well, yeah, also it's because. It's fucking distracting. He's got a weird hybrid accent, which is like very difficult to pass if you don't know what you're listening to. I mean, I would say right up there with Mel Gibson's weird American Australian accent, which I can't decipher sometimes. Yeah. But it's there. I can't even decipher certain words, just like not the perfect parts. Like sugar tits? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry, boy. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, I had to give up my life for tickets. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Mel Gibson. I loved you in Dragon Across Concrete, which came out this year. Check it out, good movie. But I will make fun of you because you're so weird now. <laughs> Speaking of dark fates, so it's like okay, I've got a lot of my complaints out of the way. I did enjoy some of the action. I did not enjoy a lot of the logic problems performances were very hit and miss linda hamilton definitely she came back to the movie not realizing probably like what led that character to that point i don't know i can't she really forgot tell. how to play sarah she forgot connor. how to play sarah connor and it's like um sarah connor would not react that way yeah and it, honestly you know and then there's also like uh, look she's a 60 year old woman when the t1000 punches her she's a dead lady Yes, like, How she gets up confuses sur- me. Yeah. Like, okay, now this is where like has she been augmented? Where was this like storyline that we missed? And okay. but at least we can give props to Mackenzie and Natalia I like I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot yeah. despite and, the movie. And uh, Danny did very good job. Danny I mean she does she definitely yeah, needed yeah, to Natalia portray Reese. Italian yeah. I mean Italian. Mexican, the Mexican. emotional uh, Latina. Yeah. Latina. Sorry, I mixed up my uh, spelling. She was definitely the emotional center of the film. And I also kind of enjoyed the fact that, you know, uh, yeah, it's a nice portrayal of a, a, a Latina lady. Uh, also has some, she got some very bad writing, let's be very honest. Uh, I mean, that's that's more of a script issue. It's a lot of it, yeah. Stuff. And the thing yeah. is, but he didn't write it. Like, yeah. eight guys wrote this shit right. Like, yeah. even David Goyer's name is there. So, and I'm kind of uh, speculating as well. Like, man, the deleted scenes on this film might be fucking fascinating. Or director's cut. You know, be, just be Tim Miller. Uh, and uh, then this is when I got this note, and uh, this is when I got that note, and this is when some other exec came in. Uh, and then this was after that meeting where they told me, like, oh, we signed Arnie. Uh, you need to rewrite the whole third act. And I was like, okay. <laughs> need to make the script more work. I had yeah, another something. idea, you know. No, I'm here instead, though. Yeah. What, what? And it's still legendary. Every Arnold Schwarzenegger commentary is oh, yeah. fucking hilarious, okay? <laughs> Hands down. If you have a copy of Total Recall with the commentary, listen to the commentary. Ah, this is Sharon Stone. She's my wife. Ah, this is yeah, she tried to kill me. <laughs> she just he's just explaining the scenes as Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's just so constantly amused with his ability to like and then I shoot her. <laughs> and this the, I say the line. Oh, consider it divorce. <laughs> it's like annotations for deaf people I watching love that the film. Shit, yo. I want to see more. Oh, the blind people, blind people. Oh. Yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip. In and fucking, like, it's in Vienna or something, right? No, not even Vienna. It's like a small middle of nowhere thing where it, he had nothing going from the park. Further than look, Vienna. okay, Bill Burr said it the best, right? This is a man who came to America and became famous through bodybuilding, and then learned English, and then learned English, and then was already learned a millionaire. Yeah. Decided to be an actor, okay? And not only that, one of the biggest actors of all time. And guess what? What could challenge him further? I'm gonna marry a Kennedy. And he did that! 
<laughs> and he became oh, governor. Shit. And then he said, I'm going to take office. And he did that. You go to his country. You lift weights to the point of popularity, which they give you film roles, which makes you marry into their royalty. You try that. This man is the apex. We can't top The that. American dream relived or something. Vicariously through fucking Austria. Yeah. Well done, sir. He was Conan, the Terminator. He was in Jingle all the way. Put the cookie down. He <laughs> <laughs> gave birth to a kid. <laughs> yes, Junior. the greatest one liners. Hey, Bennett, why don't you let off some steam? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Commando without Schwarzenegger is unimaginable. Yeah, yeah. God bless Commando. God bless Commando. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we gotta cap it off. Um, cool. WD Dark Fate, your okay. verdict, guys? I would give it. Six and a half out of ten. Mm, okay, I, 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 I mean, I was extremely cautious, pleasantly surprised, mildly disappointed, and laughing all the way towards the grand finale. <laughs> Especially the way they take that thing out. I was like, this has got to be the dumbest final battle I've ever seen in a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... I definitely can't <laughs> say I was bored, that's for sure. It's yeah. like, we need an EMP. I know a guy. Oh, <laughs> Sarah Connor, this is the last favor I do for you. Who's this guy? Yeah. Was he the previous Avengers? No. And then he gets him? shot. He's like, ah, oh, it was a pleasure working with you. And he's like, he's dead. And he's like, oh, wait, <laughs> explain that too, please. Yeah, because like, I'm, like, okay, I need to rewatch this because I was like, forgetting something. Just just random guy. Is when they lock up Sarah Connor and then the guy in the, the tie comes in. Haha, it's me, Officer Rigby. We've been looking for you a long time, Sarah Connor. I'm a big fan. Who are yeah. you? <laughs> Who's this guy? Like, it would have been more entertaining if they got Ryan Reynolds to do it. Just because at least <laughs> yes. you can sell like, this, this schlubby guy. Just, some- yeah, yeah, exactly. just something like, just one moment like, oh hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. And he dies. Oh. So it could be the same. Yeah, just some cameo. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he was in. He was like the CIA attaché. Just the day. Oh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. uh, so that Hobbs and Shaw and no, the first appearance of the same universe as Terminator. Uh, probably. You saw the ending, right? Yeah. You know, it's my favorite moment when he comes down in the plane. He breaks the window to shoot at them, and it's like, you are fucking fifty thousand miles in the air. That has a kill range of about. Probably 500 to 1,000 meters. Like you, You're a robot. You should know this. <laughs> you should, yeah. I was really like, wait, what? <laughs> because you were able to calculate throwing an iron rebar while driving to hit someone. Pretty accurately. Yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. accurately. Like, you know, slight drift, but you know. Yeah, you happens. compensate for wind and all that, right? Exactly. <laughs> and for like the armor of a super soldier, but whatever. You know? This one's just like. You're doing this because it's a cool shot, not because it makes sense. Bingo. Which is yeah, just like it's just about the style. Why yeah. I'm actually uh, reneging on my review of The Long Night from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. That's a fucking dumb thing. <laughs> it's stupid. It's terrible. You're talking points from a previous review. Yeah, because it's really- Last King fans, we're gonna do this all the time. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Remember the time I gave that movie a six? Now it's a five. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention. Listen to all the episodes, please. Now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Good, good plug, good plug. Yeah. Plug it myself, sir. Speaking yeah, yeah. of plugging yourself, <laughs> let's wrap it up, boys. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Six out of ten for me. It's entertaining at the very least. I want to give it a five. I can't because I'm, okay. The thing is, right? It's a five because 
it was entertaining for the wrong reasons. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I was like, oh god, at least I'm kind of giggling, but I'm not supposed to. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't say that it wasn't entertaining. Depends on how you uh, imbibe your entertainment. Okay, can I do a split review? Can I do as a film and as a fanboy? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So as a fanboy, this is a fucking 2 upon 10, definitely. Okay, it's the only one that's better than Genesis, which is a 1 upon 10 for me. Which isn't saying much because and that really isn't saying much. It's right. really not saying yeah. much. You know. It was really so bad. Okay, That's some pretty good de aging techniques. <laughs> okay, you know, but then like giving me Young Linda Hamilton and with Furlong, blah blah blah. This all this, this is kind of silly. I like the way that because if I was to think of it as a sequel, I'd be very pissed. But as a retcon, it's like okay, we, you know, it's basically what they did with Star Trek. Okay, you have your continuity in these two movies. Can we start off fresh with this and then show fan service with the old characters, blah, blah, blah. Uh, with that in mind, executive interference, uh, enjoy some of the action scenes. I love uh, some of the performance. I love the presence of uh, Mackenzie. It is definitely an honest 4.5. I might give it a 5, but I'm pretty sure if I watch it again, I will actually find more reasons to dislike it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's me being very fair. Okay, yeah, yeah. I usually give 6s. Like nobody. <laughs> Alright? And I'm trying to. Which is very rare. So there you go, Last King fans. The final thoughts on Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was probably four. And it was. Not a complete waste of money, but, yeah. you know, could be better. So Which is not saying much, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I paid $13 for a weekend ticket. Okay? <laughs> I would have felt better if it was an $8 weekday ticket, but I had to mm, work. Yeah. That's, that's a big you that. know what I mean? Yeah. Then you think to yourself, now I can't get the hot dog. Yeah, 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 just a drink, which is not that fun. No, <laughs> like, you don't go in and just have a drink and a two-hour Exactly. For yes. Speaking of which, uh, shall we review Maleficent? No. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, okay, what are we gonna do? Okay, we're gonna do Zombieland next week, probably, preferably. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. Oh, Outer Zombieland too, and maybe Outer Worlds once we're done. With okay, it. it's yeah. a out of this world, Outer World, Undead World episode. So stay tuned, Last King fans. We're gonna cap off. Uh, uh, our failure to do a proper Halloween month. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Next year, we promise more horror. Yeah, and yeah. wanks. <laughs> wanks. <laughs> Have you seen those costumes? Yes. <laughs> there you go. So uh, this has been the LGBT one one thousand. This has been all the demographics. <laughs> this has been HK Mister Toffee. <laughs> Signing out, I was sent from the future to fuck you. <laughs> 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 <laughs>